All right, we got just one verse left in the first little paragraph of 1 Corinthians 7. <clears throat> and it deals with sex, so we're going to take it as we find it and, and talk about that. But, uh, babe, what did you say earlier about with <laughs> regards to this topic? I'm tired of talking about sex. Yeah, <clears throat> um, and me too. Uh, but, you know, it is as it is, and so we're going to talk about this verse. And I do think there's something important for us as married couples to take away from this verse and and those that may be married down the road to think about how God looks at sex within marriage. Let's get into that. Before we jump into today's episode, we just wanted to share a few things with you. First, we'd like you to like this episode and then subscribe to our podcast. If you're doing that on YouTube, also hit the bell notification so that you know when we post anything new and then share this with somebody that you feel like would be this would be beneficial for. That's right. If you would like to support our show further, uh, we would welcome that. You are welcome to do that at anchor.fm slash marriage by design to check out your options for supporting the program financially. Otherwise, guys, the links to our social media are always in the description of every video, so feel free to check those out there. And now, let's get to the show. Hey, everybody. I'm Nate Warnock. I'm Andrea Warnock, and you've joined us for Marriage Monday on the Marriage by Design podcast. And this is a time where we get to talk to you about God's design for marriage, what the Bible has to say about marriage, and then how we live that out practically. That's right. So we're going to talk today about what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 5. And uh, just chat a little bit about what it looks like uh, with regards to um, disciplines, spiritual disciplines, because there is a, a part of um, first, uh, for, yeah, first Corinthians seven five that that deals with spiritual disciplines in a very similar way to how we might think about fasting or um, any of these other spiritual disciplines that we have. The difference with fasting is with fasting you're making a decision that affects you. Uh, and with regards to chapter 7, verse 5, you're talking about a decision, abstaining from sex as a married couple, that impacts both of you. Um, and so <clears throat> we're going to take a look at that verse uh, and talk it through a little bit. And I want to make a, a point of one of the words in that verse that really struck me as I was studying it this time around. And then uh, and then we'll kind of just leave it back on you guys to think about a little bit on how that applies in your own Marriages. So we've reached that time of the year that we reach towards the end of every season of Marriage by Design where baseball's sort of kicking into full swing and we've got now two boys playing this year. So we're going to try and continue to get these out every Monday. Um, we may miss one or two here or there, and then we will shut it down for the summer uh, here in around uh, about a month or so. So uh, that's the plan. With that, let's get into what the Bible says. So first Corinthians seven verse five is again, Paul writing the church in Corinth. And here's what he says. Do not deprive one another, except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourselves to prayer, but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So if you've been following along with us, the context that Paul is addressing this entire paragraph in 
is a question that he was asked by the church in Corinth. And the question was, is it good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman in the context of marriage? Because Paul you know, he really hammers the end of chapter six and really throughout his letters. And uh, we think it's safe to assume during the time he was in Corinth founding the church, really hitting on this idea of, of purity and, and making sure we're not getting into sexual immorality. Right. So the, the thought seemed to be like, should we only be having sex to procreate and is, is other type of sex wrong? Right. That's, you know, that's a really enjoyment and for, comfort and all of that should we not be doing that and only to procreate and then once you know that and that's all right yeah that's a good way of putting that babe and so that's the question he's asked and so he's addressing this and i'll and i'd encourage you to look back at our last three or so weeks of uh, marriage mondays to kind of look at a verse five verse of that but now here we are in verse five and he specifically says hey if you're going to have a season where you're not go- or you're taking sex off the table, only do that uh, if two things are true. It's by mutual agreement and it's for a, a limited period of time. And it's for the purpose of prayer. Yeah, th- yeah, that's true. The purpose of devoting yourselves to prayer. Kind of as a, really it's a way of fasting. Yeah, so... Uh, if you may or may not be um, familiar with the idea of fasting, fasting is presented throughout the Bible as a spiritual discipline whereby we are devoting ourselves wholly to pursuing the Lord. Could be for a, a specific purpose, right? We have an issue that we're really dealing with where we're taking that before the Lord. Uh, and or, or it could just be a part of our spiritual discipline where we're just for a set period of time, a week or a month or whatever it is, um, we are going to abstain from the the most typical biblical adva- uh, example is food, right? So we're, I mean, food is something I need. If I don't have it, I'll die. So it's our way of saying, Lord, we're going to be wholly dependent on you, even abstaining from this thing we know we need in order to wholly rely on you and pursue relationship with you. It is something that is encouraged um, in the Bible and is a beautiful way of us to show our Savior complete dependence upon him. Fasting does not have to just be food. It can also be fasting from uh television it can be fasting from video games it can be fasting from sports it can your be children. fasting from it cannot be fasting <laughs> oh, from your okay. children all right i don't recommend not. that uh but there's a number of ways that that fasting can you can use fasting as a spiritual discipline which is why this comes up because fasting abstaining from sex within marriage is is a way that you can Show your reliance upon. Yeah, you're the fasting Lord. from something that is desired, right? In order to wholly seek the Lord, again, either for a specific purpose, purpose, or for a deeper relationship with the Lord. Right. So, but but Paul recognizes there's a danger in this, and uh, you know there may be over the having now talked about this for the last three or so weeks a little bit of sex talk fatigue. Um, going on and I, and I completely understand that but I want to point out a couple of realities about what Paul's saying here first of all one thing that's Paul's saying is 
sex is something that's important within marriage. I, I would I would say what Paul's really saying here is sex is something that's critical within marriage because what he's saying here is if you choose to do this for a time, then fine, but for a limited time, and then the second half says, but then come together again. Why? So that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. I, I got to be honest, I'm not entirely sure that we really have an appreciation for the role that sex plays in marriage. Like, I'm not sure we entirely understand spiritually what happens when married couples have sex. I'm not sure we fully understand physiologically and, and emotionally what happens when we come together and have sex. And we may never fully understand that, but what he is clearly saying here is that if you don't do that, if you, if you choose to just not have sex, you're leaving a door wide open for temptation. And I think it's easy for us to go, well, temptation to, to have an affair or temptation to, you know, lust or temptation to pornography or these other things. And certainly this, this conversation is aimed that direction but I don't get the impression from reading this verse that if you and your spouse genuinely can look at each other and go, yeah, I don't really care about having sex with you. And he looks at you and goes, yeah, I don't really care about having sex with you. I don't think that then Paul would just go, great, never have sex then. Right? Would you agree with that? Probably. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know that I would think that it's wrong, I guess, if both parties are like, it's not something that I really desire and then not pursuing that. I don't know. So, so let me ask you this. If on the fly disagreement, right. <laughs> if you didn't really want to talk to me and I didn't really want to talk to you, would it be a functional marriage for us to just never talk to each other? Would that be a God honoring marriage? Do you think? No, I mean, I think you're, but I think, I <laughs> communication is very different than a physical relationship that nobody that neither desires yeah i think that's odd if you have a marriage where both parties are like yeah the physical side isn't something that i want but we feel obligated to do it so we neither of us wanting it do it occasionally that seems strange to me for what purpose because if neither of them get anything out of that yeah, but I just—I I guess I guess that's my point is I think that could apply to anything in marriage then. Like, I think you would say there's right and wrong things in, within marriage. Yeah, I don't know. I guess. Interesting. Maybe we just disagree on that. So, <laughs> the, and that, that's certainly fine. Um, so, here, here's why I disagree with that. Because the way he describes do not deprive one another the word deprive doesn't mean withhold. It means to con, it means to defraud, it means to rob uh, someone. Yeah, you're not of, robbing something, somebody from something that they don't want. You know, you know, with withholding, it's not a withholding. It's an, a, a mutual agreement to not, right? So that wouldn't be robbing somebody. Yeah, I think we need to be pretty careful with that because... I mean, there there are certain aspects of sex, wouldn't you say, that God specifically tells us to do? 
like be fruitful and multiply. Sure. So the the I mean this, this I guess I'm just considering like a you know a marriage that I wasn't considering like I wasn't thinking about a marriage that get starts like that from the get go, but one that's but I can see that. I mean, I can see t- an older couple who come who get married when they're older and neither of them have that drive anymore and they're like Obviously, they're not going to be multiplied, not going to be fruitful and multiplying (laughs) at at an older age. And maybe they have, you know, their lives are very different and their desires are very different than when they were younger. And they might just not be interested in that anymore. Sure. Yeah. And and, and obviously, there's a context here of people that for some physical disability reason cannot do it. Um, And so certainly, please don't misunderstand. I'm not saying you're sinning if you don't have sex X number of times. Um, what I am saying is, uh, the only context in which Paul would say we ought to be not having, depriving each other of sex routinely. Okay. I'm, I'm using that term broadly, uh, is if we've both agreed to that for a time. Sure. And is it out of line to say, Probably there's some people out there depriving each other of sex, not by mutual agreement and not for a limited amount of time. Of course. I, yeah, I don't disagree with that. <clears throat> and so here's the, this, this is the interesting thing about this. And the thing that I, I guess I had never read in the context of this verse is that word defraud. Another thing I found really interesting is that same word is what Jesus uses when he's listing off the Ten Commandments in Matthew and he gets to lying, he doesn't say, well, he does say, do not lie to one another. And then the very next thing he says is, do not defraud one another, which is the same word that Paul's saying is what we're doing if we are withholding withholding sex from each other, except in the event of mutual agreement for a specific purpose. For a limited time. Right. Uh, and then, and then making sure to come back together, um, and and so I, I just I found that really interesting. And the other the other part of this that I think is really important is what Paul's stressing here, and he's stressing this throughout the the book to the Corinthians, is the importance of being in unity with one another. Right, sex is something that has to be done in unity. And what Paul's saying is not having sex also is something that should be done in unity. And so the idea of, well, I don't pursue her sexually because I don't really feel like that. I don't really care about that. Um, And, uh, or, you know, I don't pursue her sexually or, or I don't pursue him sexually because they don't do whatever thing it is that if they would just do this, then I would be more available to them sexually. What Paul's saying here is you're defrauding your spouse. You committed something to them when you married them and now you're a liar. And what Paul's saying here is don't do it. I mean, that's the very first part of it. Do not deprive one another. Do not defraud one another. The end and then he goes into except for a limited time by mutual agreement so that you can, you know, uh, pursue the Lord in prayer. So anyway, I just I found that really interesting because I think a lot of times, uh, you know, we think of sex as sort of this, uh, you know, just thing that's kind of hanging out there. 
Um, and what, what Paul's making the point to say here, to a group of people that are in a city that is completely given over to sexual immorality and sexual idolatry and, and, and just all kinds of crazy sex, he's not saying sex is bad. He's saying sex is vital. Within it, marriage. It just needs to be done within the correct context. Um, and in that context, it needs to be done. Um, and uh, so anyway, that's that's kind of uh, my my thought on that verse. Any additional things you would add as we think about that? No. All right. Um, man, I'd love to know you guys' comments. What do you think about that? What what uh, benefits, what, uh, what importance do you think sex plays in marriage? And do you think that it's, you know, perfectly okay biblically to just choose as a couple to not have sex maybe ever um maybe in the context of what andrea is saying with regards to an older couple is that i think there's other examples too but yeah okay um so anyway i just <laughs> i'd love to know your thoughts um so feel free to put those in the comments below i'd love to hear them pop over to our facebook page and and let us hear them over there um but would love to hear your thoughts on this topic otherwise guys nice short and sweet uh today because it's late and we've been running around um but so appreciate you guys tuning in uh, love your thoughts uh until next time remember god is for your marriage have a great day <laughs>